I'm Kimberly Amici. Welcome to the Build Your Best Family podcast. This is a practical show to help you imagine, plan, and build your best family. We believe that the secret to having a happy family is not being perfect, but having purpose. Each week, I'll be here sharing with you lessons I've learned, conversations I've had that will equip you to create new habits, challenge mindsets, and build relationships that will allow your family to thrive. Parents know all too well that raising kids has its ups and downs. As much as we want to protect them from disappointment and struggle, we just can't. But all is not lost because we can pray. I've been praying for my kids since they were itty-bitty. I've been praying that they make good friends and wise choices. And I pray for their grades, their teachers, and even their sports teams. Not only have I seen incredible provision in their life, but this habit of prayer has shifted my heart from worry and fear to hope and confidence that God is with my children and that He is writing their story. This week's guest does the same. Tara Cole is just as passionate about praying for her kids as I am. She has written a devotional journal called Everyday Prayers for the School Year, and it offers readings and opportunities for moms to pray for the many issues concerning their children, especially those needed in their learning environments. She is a teacher, wife, and mother to three active boys. Tara has taught communications and writing courses since 2007 at various universities in Oklahoma, both in person and online, and she is currently a communications faculty member at Oklahoma State University Institute of Technology. Along with teaching, Tara's passion is helping moms and their kids deepen their relationships with Jesus. On today's episode, she has a lot of encouragement for moms who want to continue or create a habit of prayer in their life. Tara, it is fantastic to have you on the podcast today. Thank you for having me, Kimberly. I'm excited to be here. So a question we ask all of our guests is, what is your family known for? Okay, so the funny thing is, is I wasn't sure. I really had to think hard about this question. Because I know kind of what I'm known for, but us known for as a family was a lot harder than I thought. So what I think we are known for is we have three boys. And so we're known as a boy family for sure. And my sons have done karate, goodness, for going on six or seven years. It's been a long time. So like a lot of families are known for being a sports family or something like that. We're known more as being a karate family and something like that. That's what we do. We've done it for years. And as I scroll through my phone, I have a bazillion karate pictures. (laughs) Oh, that's so fun. Oh my gosh. I love that. I know like for the first time I started to think about this question, I, I I posted it on Facebook because I just was like, I don't know. Like Mm -hmm. there's things that I think, and this is what I talk about is culture, right? The things that I think that we're doing in our family, I don't know if it's having an impact. I don't know if it's showing up. I don't know if people are seeing it. I don't know Mm -hmm. (laughs) if it's making a difference. And So it is, it's a good, it's a good question to think about because then we can start living intentionally and doing the things we want to do. So if we were to come over your house, what could we expect? If you would come over to right now, you could expect a mess. Um, (laughs) We honestly have a sign that my brother found that hangs in our playroom that says, please excuse the mess. Our standards have lowered with each child. So, and on our playroom wall, we have the word create. So that's maybe another name thing our family is known for because a friend came over probably, goodness, almost 10 years ago now. And when she saw our playroom, she looked around and she said, your kids have everything you have here. They have to create it. They have to build it. Because we did, we had a few of those Fisher Price things, 
But for the most part, we have Legos and Lincoln logs and magnet blocks. And I looked around, I was like, yeah, I guess you're right. But my, I'm an author creator. My husband's an engineer. So being creative and making your own stuff is really, I guess would be another thing our family might be known for. If you walked into our house, you would see cardboard boxes that my youngest son has been turning into goodness knows what, because we kind of have a rule that on Tuesdays when the trash or Wednesdays, when the trash goes out, all the cardboard boxes have to exit, but then Amazon being Amazon sends us more throughout the week. And so he continues to build. So my rule is don't blow up yourself or something else or and clean up your mess. And they go out in the kitchen and in the playroom and outside. So don't hurt yourself or something else and clean up your mess. Oh, they sound like great rules. <laughs> yeah, because like I said, create is on their playroom wall and that's kind of what we do. And so yeah. I, my sons will say, hey, I want to try this. And I'm like, research it, find out more about it. Ask these yeah. experts and we'll yeah. see. Oh, it's fantastic. So yeah, that might, if you walked into our home, that's probably what you see. Lots of messes, but most of them are creativity-based or clothing mm-hmm. because boys <laughs> just take them off wherever. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, I can relate to that. All right. So I'm excited to have this conversation today because I have been a praying mom for years. I think I've told you this before. I've been active in a moms in prayer group for a Mm -hmm. long time since my oldest was four. And when I think of the ups and downs and the things we've gone through, either in our families or even in our community, to just have those praying women and just have the ability to pray specifically for my children, specifically for their academics, for their friendships, for their school has just been such a blessing. And I don't know what I'd do without it. So when I heard about your devotional everyday prayers for the school year, I knew I wanted to have you on to talk more about it. So can you just tell me a little bit about it? And then like, what prompted you to write this? Okay. So everyday prayers for the school year is a prayer journal, but it is based on God's word. Cause I wrote it with million praying moms, the group that Brooke McLaughlin leads and their whole thing for many, many years. I've probably followed them for close to a decade or longer now. And I was with her when it was the Mothers of Boys tribe way back when. But her whole thing all along has been praying God's word over your family. And so she and Million Praying Moms take verses from the Bible and they even have a monthly prayer calendar, but they form verses into prayers over your family. So that's what the, is at the heart of this prayer journal. So you'll find a verse of the day. You'll find a prayer based on that verse, a devotional, and then some discussion questions and journaling prompts and things like that. And then also an encouragement to read the whole chapter to find the verse in context. Now, if that sounds like a lot, you can be guaranteed. I probably won't be doing that entire process every morning when I'm doing it with our prayer group this fall, but our prayer club. But what I will be doing is each morning I'll be opening it up. And if I have five minutes, I'll probably just do the prayer in the verse. If I have a few more minutes, I might read the devotional or read the chapter. And if I have a longer time, I might journal through it. But that's what I really love about this. So whether you have five minutes or 35 minutes, this will fit your time frame. Also, I am a college professor. So I work at a state school here in Oklahoma as a writing teacher. My children are range from third grade to seventh grade. And I have friends that vetted this book for me, were my beta readers for everything in between. 
So really my heart for this book, as I wrote it, was that it would work for your family, whether you were pre-K or a senior in college. I really tried to make the prayers and the ideas broad enough that if you wanted to return to this book over the years and use it to pray over your family each year, you could do that. If you have kids in college, it's not too late to start. If you have pre-K kids, this material wouldn't be too much for you because there's certain like characteristics, like you mentioned, friends, their teachers, things like that, that fit every age group. We also tried to design it in a way that it didn't matter of your schooling choice. And this was how I ended up writing this journal is I became one of the writing team for Million Praying Moms just before the pandemic. And Brooke put in that writer's group, she said, hey, I have this idea for a prayer journal for writing for the school year, but I need someone who can speak to all the different schooling types. We don't want to favor one over the other. And I said, well, that's me because I teach college. I was homeschooled my last three years of school in high school. I even would like to homeschool my kids, but since my husband grew up in a small town and I grew up in the city, we have different views on homeschooling. So putting our schools and their current school, our children and their current school system is our compromise. So we put them in the best one we could afford to get into because property taxes do matter. I found you pay for your school district. But, and then I have tons of friends in private schools. I have lots of homeschool friends. So I have experience with a lot of them. I teach online myself. So I have practice with face-to-face teaching, online teaching. So that unique background over the last, oh goodness, it's from my own homeschooling time, it's over 20 years, prepared me in advance to write this book. So if you're thinking, well, I'm a homeschool mom, will it still fit me? Yes. I'm a private school mom, will it? Yes. We were really intentional about it working for all ages and stages. Mm-hmm. And so... That's really what prompted me to write it. I had already been praying over my kid's school year for about five years before Brooke even mentioned this book idea. I have that card right here and it will be on my Instagram sometime in July. But I had already started these prayers for my own children. And that's really where this prayer journal came from. I just started with the prayers I had written for my own children and it blossomed from there. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, I love that. So tell me a little bit about how prayer has impacted your family in the life of your kids. Well, actually, yeah, your life in the life of your kids. We can talk more specifics in a bit about maybe some things that you've seen, but just in general, um, you know, why are you passionate about this topic and, and, and what have you seen over the years? Well, as I've gone through life and I've mentioned in other places I really want to help myself and other families build a foundation of faith because from my mom's own example growing up, because I'm, even though I'm a preacher's kid, we did not grow up in a hunky-dory home. There was abuse there and things like that, but it was the foundation of faith that my mom laid that helped see my siblings and myself through it. So that's what I'm really passionate about. And a key part of that is prayer. Because when we lean into God for our strength, and I saw my mom do this and I do it myself, when we lean into God for our strength and go to him when we don't have the answers, but we know the one who does, then it changes everything. And so even the last few days, I struggle with a chronic illness that is not going away. And I have three active boys. And so Many mornings when I wake up, I'm hurting, I'm tired, I don't feel good. 
But that has taught me to lean into God and his strength even more. It makes all the difference in our days falling apart and in me trying to listen to the voice of God and go with what he's called me through that day and leaning into his strength saying, God, I can't, but you can. And I need your help today. And so constantly, even as lots of your listeners will know, our kids bicker. They bicker a lot, especially in the summer. I think they were home like two hours on the first day of summer. I was like, guys, I already want to send you back. You need to stop this. But I try my best, especially whenever I'm walking into a room where I can hear them arguing, asking God for one insight and wisdom into that situation. I want to kind of see hearts instead of this top surface level stuff. I don't do that every time. I forget most of the time, but I try to make leaning into his wisdom and strength, that foundation of faith in our family. Yeah, that's so good. I know. I've been working on cultivating a rhythm of prayer Mm -hmm. where it's like you said, before I walk into that room to deal with that crisis, I'll say, okay, Lord, what what, what do I need to do here? And I I need to get better at it too, because it does make a difference. Just that that acknowledgement, whether it's before I sit down to work on a podcast episode or write something that I'm just struggling to find the words for, or correcting my kids or dealing with my husband, any of that. Like Mm -hmm. if I can just remind myself, like prayer is not just for that, you know, 25, 30 minutes after you wake up and you sit down in your quiet time, it is, Mm -hmm. it is for throughout the day for sure. Yeah. Well, do you have a specific story that you can share with us? Something that, you know, could have only resulted from prayer in the life of your, your children or your family? Well, I have several, and the one that came to mind the most wasn't child-specific, but it Mm -hmm. was kind of amazing. So about 10 years ago, when my kids were really little, during my quiet time one morning, I just heard God tell me, one, that I needed to drop my classes I was teaching that fall, and I was like, God, that's crazy. I have a newborn, but I'm an adjunct. I can handle this. No big deal. And he was like, no, you need to drop them. And when I get a feeling like that. And this is how God and I roll. I know other people do differently, but I typically say something like Gideon, God, this is you speak louder. I I think I'm hearing you right, but I need you to confirm what I think I just heard. And so my husband comes home that night and he works on various jobs and stuff like that. And he says, my company just asked me today to go to Hawaii for three months. How would you like to go to Hawaii for three months? Well, that's a no duh answer. And so I said, what time did you have this conversation with your boss? (laughs) Two hours after I had had that conversation with God saying, please confirm that you want me to dump these classes and let them go this fall. Wow. And so can I pray that prayer? (laughs) And so there's a few things I want to stop doing. No, go ahead. (laughs) As we have been talking about moving to Tulsa forever. We were in Oklahoma Mm -hmm. City at the time. We've been talking about moving to Tulsa because our families live in that area. But the cataclysm had never come. And so we decided, and granted, this was September. We were leaving in November. We decided in this period to do, to move out of our house. And I just kind of heard God clearly saying, out. It's time for you guys to move on. Get out. But the problem was, is that the housing market right now, while we're recording this, is amazing for sellers. Houses are flying off the market for higher prices than they ever had Mm -hmm. before. 
The opposite was true when God told us this. This was 2011 during the housing crisis Mm -hmm. when no houses were selling and the bottom had dropped out of the market. And so we were in this house. God told us to get out. And we decided that we were just going to clear the house out, do nine years worth of renovations and six weeks with a newborn, which I would never, ever (laughs) recommend. I've never been so tired in my life and put and put our house on the market while we were gone. Our Mm -hmm. family told us we were crazy. I remember my brother-in-law moving us out and putting our stuff in storage. And he was like, guys, we're just going to be moving this stuff back in three months. Why are you clearing this house out? This is not wise. But we're like, God told us to. So we're just going with it. We found a real realtor that was very Mm spirit-led. And so... We worked with him and he did his thing on the realtor side. We cleared the house out, prepped it. We left in late November to go to Hawaii for this job, temporary job for a few months. The realtor called us the next day and they had a family who put, who was interested in the house for the exact amount that we wanted for it. Cause we had kind of placed our house about $5,000 higher. So when we came down, we came down to the price we really wanted. Mm-hmm. And so for the exact price, God sold our house in 24 hours in the middle of a housing crisis for the prices we wanted. And it wasn't even in a good neighborhood. This was in an older neighborhood that was going downhill because more renters were moving in and things like that. And everybody was shocked. Um, They still are. They're like, how in the world did that happen? And that was, I bathed that house in prayer while we worked on it. I mean, I think it probably was full of the spirit and prayer. But as I worked, as we redid it, we bathed that house in prayer. So we're like, God, this is crazy. Kind of like Noah building an ark in the middle Mm -hmm. of the desert. Mm -hmm. This is crazy. Everybody is telling us this is crazy, Mm -hmm. but we're going to trust you. And we're going to pray for your guidance and your leadership and trust you with the results. Mm -hmm. So that house sell, even though it's not directly related to my kids, we still tell that story in our family of God showing up and doing the impossible when there was no good reason for it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, and I'm sure that wasn't the first prayer you prayed. Like you over the years had built up this, I guess, faith, but Mm -hmm. like the practice of prayer and the practice of trusting and the practice of relying because it's hard. It's hard sometimes. And I think one of the things that helps me is remembering the answered prayers of the past, no matter how small they are. And so when I'm praying about something and I think that, you know, this is ridiculous. Why am I doing this? It's helpful to go back. And like you talked about your book as a journal, I can imagine Mm -hmm. if you're journaling your way through some of these prayers to be able to go back and see where there's been answered prayers, where there's been movement. And maybe it's not the way we would have answered it, Mm -hmm. but that they, that that something came of it. I I feel like that's probably a really, really good foundation. Like you say, Mm -hmm. laying a great foundation. Yes. And we call those in our family, God stories. And Mm -hmm. even on my podcast and my blog, I invite people on to share their God stories. Mm -hmm. Cause when we hear other people's stories, even when we're in the midst of a struggle, we can say God showed up for her and her family. I can trust him to show up for me too. Mm -hmm. And I try to keep record of those God stories, even our own family, we have journals and things like that around. I wish I was more organized about it. But to have those God stories, like you said, that we can turn to again and again and again. And I've kept a prayer journal for years. And like you said, I love going back through it because oftentimes we forget that we prayed about something. Mm -hmm. 
For example, I, several times in the last few weeks, my friends have said, man, you're really intentional about looking into your kids' hearts. And just, and I thought, shrugged it off. Oh, thank you. You know how we do when people compliment us. We're like, well, thanks. Okay. But as I was looking through my Bible last week, I was flipping through and reading my regular Bible reading. And I saw a prayer I prayed probably three or four years ago because I kind of put a um, month and a date next to them, the month and the year next to them. And I had specifically asked God to help me be more intentional and see into the hearts of my husband and children. Totally forgot I had even prayed that prayer several years ago. But Mm -hmm. as my friends were confirming in their feedback, they had seen that in me. And I thought, wow, God, I didn't even remember that being a characteristic I asked for um, Mm -hmm. as I was praying. And sometimes often it takes years for him to develop that stuff in us. But keeping those records of it, whether it's in your Bible or in a journal or something, helps us see God's faithfulness. And I think that's really a benefit of prayer journaling, or at least putting it in the margins of your Bible. Yeah. So what do you think is one of the biggest misconceptions about prayer? So as I was thinking about this question, I think the biggest misconception is that it's like a vending machine. We put a prayer in, we get a blessing out or an answer. And if we don't get a blessing or a prayer out, then we need to shake the vending machine harder because it's not working or we're doing something wrong. And growing up, we get a lot of, I mean, we get that misconception, even as adults, if we don't get an answer to our prayers quickly, then we get frustrated, confused, our trust might be shaken. But as you and I have both mentioned in this podcast episode, it's a conversation throughout our day. Prayer isn't a vending machine. It's mm-hmm. this constant conversation between us and God. If, if you text with your friends all day, think of a constant text stream between you and God where you're talking to him about your day. You're not just showing up and asking for things. That's not really a relationship. Yes, I ask for things. Yes, I ask for strength and wisdom. He tells us to ask for those things. But even more so, it's a relationship. It's the sharing of our day with him. Thank you, God, for this. As I see a blessing in my life, thank you, God, for this blessing. Look at what you're doing. As I see his character, wow, you are X, Y, and Z. But it's this constant conversation with him. If we see we screw up, God, I screwed up yelling at my kids. I need to go apologize to them. Help me, give me wisdom on how to do that better. And it's this constant conversation. And like I mentioned, sometimes he flat out tells us no when we ask for something. There have been prayers I've been praying for 20 years. And that still, he is flat out telling me no. I don't see any change in that situation. But there are also prayers, like I was just talking about with being intentional, more intentional and seeing into my heart, to my kids and family, that he grows in us slowly over time. That we don't see it immediately, but like a plant digging down roots and growing slowly, he grows us in us over time. And when we look back and are reminded of that prayer, we're like, oh, you answered that. Or, oh, I forgot I even prayed it. Sometimes he does answer immediately. I don't know how many times I've come to what feels like the Red Sea and I've tried everything on my own strength. And I've been, and finally I throw up my hands. I'm like, all right, God, I'm between the Red Sea and Pharaoh. I don't see a way out of this, but I know you Mm -hmm. led me here. And he's kind of like, finally, you asked for help. (laughs) And then he, and then he gives it to me like, oh, here you go. I'm glad you finally asked. And so it's this relationship, kind of like you would have with a parent or a friend, not a vending machine. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's good. So what are some of the ways that you can create a culture of prayer in our homes? 
first, as you're speaking to the mothers here, we pray with our example. We start with our example. And the reason I say that is because that's where that's was my example. That's where my mom started. Yes, she had us t-shirts and pencils and things on the walls and encouraged us to have our own quiet time as we were late teens. And she did devotional with us, but that none of that was consistent. Her devotionals weren't consistent because who can keep it consistent through all the seasons of life? Mm-hmm. But she was consistent in her own example. She showed up every morning to spend time with God. And so she was consistent in her own example. For me, this looks like I have a mug that my kids see me with every Sunday morning that I got from another author that says, but first prayer. And so every Sunday morning, I sit down with that mug in my prayer journal and I text this group of friends saying, good morning, how can I pray for you this week? And I will sit there and pray and then I will write their prayers down as they text them to me as I'm sitting there. So they see that example. Also, I'm being part of Million Praying Moms. They have this 412 praying. So it kind of goes along with Hebrews 412, talking about the word of God being sharper than any double-edged sword. And so my phone goes off at 412 every day and it says pray. And so my kids see that example. And this summer for the book, we've designed these lock screens. So it says summertime prayers and then has a specific prayer. You can pray over your kids. So I pray that lock screen at 412 mm-hmm. every day. And if your listeners want to get a hold of that lock screen, it's at taralcole.com slash summertime prayers. And that can be a prayer that reminds you to pray every time you pick up your phone. And then there's five of those. But you make it a habit yourself. Then as I'm looking at my kids, I looked for a place where I could put it in our day attached to something that we were already doing. So during the summer, we're not as great about this because I've tried family prayers around the meal table. We're not great about that. I'll be completely honest. But in the car each morning on our way to school during the school year, I will just say, hey, it's Monday. It's this kid's turn to pray first. Do you want to pray? I never force them. I invite them into it. Um, And Mm -hmm. then we go around the car and each of us say a prayer. Sometimes it's the same prayer they say every morning. Sometimes they throw in something different. Often I will start out by focusing on a characteristic of God that I learned that morning and then bringing it in like that. So I, again, lead by example. But I invite them to pray. There's been months and years where one of them will say, nope, I don't want to pray. And we go on to the next kid. No big deal. It's an invitation into relationship. Mm -hmm. I'm not forcing it on them. Mm -hmm. And so that's really when we pray the most as a family with me and them in the car. During the summer, it's more popcorn and random because summers are just hard to find a good consistent rhythm. Oh, that's Um, for sure. But we at least have that um, Mm -hmm. for the car rides. And in summer, we have other rhythms like memory verse on the wall by the kitchen table and stuff like that. Yeah. I do think consistency is key when it comes to building culture, but I really appreciate you giving us permission to, to not not, not be consistent, but like to go, like to do what's working in each season. I mean, Mm -hmm. I'm with you. Like I had a season where we were real good about that, those dinner time prayers and conversations. And then we had a season where we weren't so much, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, we ebb in and out of seasons when we're able to really like nail them down and have a, 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 what do they call it? Um, a captured audience, right? Mm-hmm. They can't go anywhere and we got them. And then there's like, and then my daughter goes and gets her driver's license. So I'm not driving her to school anymore. Like, so, so where, you know, things were working, the seasons change and they don't, and just being flexible and ebbing and flowing. I think if we can keep 
that value, that faith consistent and find different ways that we can show up in it. That mm-hmm. overall consistency is way more important than, than getting it right and taking that box every day or every night. Right. Because what we do for ourselves, because the summers for everyone is crazier. Mm-hmm. It's a lot harder to be consistent when you don't need one that doesn't look the same each week. And so what I do is I have things around the house so that if we're in a place, there's something there. Mm-hmm. So I kind of plan for that. And what I mean is like I mentioned, there's a memory verse on the wall beside our table. So if we're all there at supper time, or even if I'm there with one or two kids, who wants to say their memory verse right now? Mm-hmm. And we'll do that and put stars on their chart that is also there. We have a book, a devotional laying on the table. So if I happen to have one of them there with me at breakfast that morning, I'll just started doing the devotional with whoever is sitting there That's at good. breakfast. So I kind of place things in those spots. So if we show up together, that thing is already there and planned and I don't have to go looking for it. Mm-hmm. We also do more service together as a family during summer. And I'm not talking big service. Like I said, I have a chronic illness and I struggle, but like I, my kids were recently saying, well, we could help out at VBS, but it's not going to work with our vacation and stuff to help out with VBS itself. But I told them, I said, all right, I have a car. We got a bigger car last year. So I will drive you and your friends to VBS. Who do you want to invite? And that'll Mm -hmm. be the way we serve this Mm -hmm. year at VBS. And Mm -hmm. so my kids gave me a couple names. And so I sent texts to them and invited them to our VBS. And in a couple of weeks, hopefully we get to drive them to VBS and back and things like that. But I try to bring in those other things and just put items around the home, Bibles, or we listen to music. We love listening to Christian music. And that's a way that it integrates into our day. So even if it's not intentional prayer, we're still integrating those things into our day in big Mm -hmm. and small ways. And it's abiding constantly. It's that constant connection and not stressing out if you're not consistent about one thing each day, especially in crazy seasons. Mm-hmm. And some seasons, it takes you a little, it usually takes me several months to figure out what works in yeah. a new season. It does. So give yourself permission for to try something and it not to work and you try something else. Um, mm-hmm. Thankfully for kids, they always give us a time to try it again. Okay. <laughs> this That's is a awesome. marathon, not a sprint. Yeah. So I really do appreciate the way that you put together this book. When you said that you were talking about things that you can pray throughout all seasons of your children's lives, I found, you know, like I said about the moms in prayer group, we are still praying the same prayers over our kids now that they are in high school and college than we did when they were little. And when they were little, I thought, oh, it's going to change. Like it's going to be different. And it isn't. It, it's amazing. I mean, because they're still, their personalities are still very similar. I've seen maturity and growth, but I'm still praying that they speak up for themselves or, you know, have good friends or that they, you know, come into some of these characteristics that we want for them. And so, you know, from your experience praying, have you seen the same? I mean, is it like? <laughs> yes, because. It's so cool. And this is one of my favorite things about being a mom is that in when they're babies, you see these characteristics in them and we get to watch those characteristics blossom and grow. So the stuff I saw in them when they were even all, all three of them, less than one years old is the same things I see now mm-hmm. in them and God growing in them. One of my sons has loved music since he was even in the womb. He would jump to it. Mm-hmm. He still loves that. 
Another son has this core of peace and strength, and he's just a joy to be around. He still has that. Another son, we say, brings a party. And he is all the energy and all the party, but he's been that since he was a baby. So watching Mm -hmm. them grow in those things. And the prayer I have on my phone right now about, Lord, may my children find friends who will stand by them and support them. May they be this kind of friend for others is a prayer I've prayed for going on five and six years now for those strong, godly friendships that will draw Mm -hmm. them closer to God. Mm -hmm. So I think, like you said, those and their characteristics that we see in them and their gifts relationships with teachers every single summer. I pray that God will give my kids teachers who will see them and appreciate who they are Mm -hmm. and who will continue to help them learn and grow. Uh, Because as a teacher, that can be so hard and overwhelming. Mm -hmm. And so, yes, I'm praying those prayers, whether they are pre-K or college, because teachers are such an important influence in the lives of our kids and the lives of students. And even if you're the mom and you're the teacher, that's still something that you need. Yeah. And so, yes, I would emphatically yes to that question. So even what you said about the friendships, like I know what we've prayed, you know, for my children's friendships and we've seen God answer those prayers, but then a year later they go into another season where it gets tumultuous and the French group shifts. And so I'm praying that prayer all over again, Mm -hmm. but as a young mom, I didn't know that that's what would happen. You know what I mean? Like I, I just assumed like we'd pray for these things, they'd get answered and that would be it. (laughs) Right. And it's not. And that, that's something that I thought was funny when I was in college is I was in college with relationships and my grandmother was widowed with relationships. She had the same exact problems I did Mm -hmm. with relationships and dating in her sixties as I was having in my twenties. So like you said, it, the same things continue. The same Mm -hmm. prayers are repeated over and over again, even Mm -hmm. throughout our lives, not just our childhoods. Um, The same problems with friendships come up and building character and things like that. Mm -hmm. So that's fantastic. And I am sure that there are a lot of moms out there who appreciate how you've set up this book to deal with different schooling situations. Because, you know, we get into our lanes and we Mm -hmm. think that we need to only hear and only address where we are because we think that's the only thing that's out there and it's not. And so I Mm -hmm. appreciate that because I know many moms that have, you know, a couple of years homeschooled, a couple of years private school, moved and then put them in public school and then back to homeschool. And so I just appreciate you honoring all of those ways that moms have chosen to educate their kids. Well, as I've been um, looking around me and I like to refer to nature a lot, So many times, like you said, we think our lane is the only correct lane for Mm -hmm. everyone. Mm -hmm. That if they're not doing it our way or the way God's led us, then they must be wrong. Mm -hmm. But as I look at nature, there's maple trees and pine trees and birch trees. God made all of them for their place and for their season. Mm -hmm. So it reminds me, yes, we're all trees. We're all growing up. We're all putting roots down. But the way we express the way God made us can be different. I can public school and put my kids there on purpose and intentionally. And that is a yes in the season of life. My friends can private school and that's a yes. And neither one of us are wrong. It's just where God Mm -hmm. has called us to in the season. And as you pointed out, the seasons might change where you're called to might change. And again, that's okay. Yeah. As long as you're keeping your eyes on him and following where he leads you and your family, that's what matters. Yeah, that's great. 
All right. Well, thank you so much for being with us today. This conversation was fantastic. And I'm excited for my listeners to go out and get a copy of Everyday Prayers for the school year. Thank you so much for having me, Kimberly. You can find Tara at taralcole.com. She's on Instagram as Tara L. Cole, and she's on Facebook as Over a Cup. I will link to all of that, plus where you can find her new book, Everyday Prayers for the School Year, in the show notes. I hope you enjoyed the show. If so, I'd like to ask a favor. Can you head over to iTunes and leave us a review? Besides sharing this podcast with your friends, leaving a review is one of the most effective ways that you can support us and help get the word out about the incredible resources we have to offer. I'm passionate about helping families thrive and your reviews help families find us. And remember, family culture isn't about perfect, it's about purpose.